Welcome to Life Church Podcasts. We know you'll be blessed by this message. Hey, who's ever had to fire someone? You ever had to give someone the sack? It's not, not the easiest thing to do, is it? But uh, there's good ways of doing it, and there's, yeah, not so good ways of doing it. So uh, let me just read you this, and then we'll uh, come, to, come to the Word of God this morning. Uh, it said, When Peter's learned that he was being fired for incompetence, he went to see the head of human resources. I don't agree with the incompetence thing, he said, and I've been with this firm for a long, long time. I think I deserve at least a letter of recommendation. The human resources director agreed and said that he'd have the letter the next day. The following morning, Peters found the letter on his desk. It read... Jonathan Peters worked for our company for 11 years. When he left us, we were very satisfied. (laughs) It's a good letter, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it recommends him and, uh, yeah, praise God. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Let's, Let's pray. Let's just pray this morning. Lord, we... We just thank you this morning. Lord, we, we I so agree with Ian. Lord, your presence is here today. And uh, there is just, there is refreshing, Lord. And uh, you're able to speak into our lives afresh today as well. And I know you're going to do that. And Lord, just as a, a group of people, we lift our nation of Australia up to you today. Lord, with the events that are currently going on, Lord, we just believe that you're greater than anything that can come against us, Lord. And uh, we just trust in you, whatever. Lord, we're just asking you to go ahead. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in Australia at this time. Lord, we pray for our political leaders of all sorts. Lord, we mightn't agree, but your word says that we should pray. And so we do pray for each of them today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. So if you want to turn your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 3, I just want to talk today about uh, the fact that we live under an open heaven. And uh, I, I, I was going to uh, start the message I had planned to preach this morning with the verses that I am going to read. But the Holy Spirit just completely yesterday changed my direct, direction. I, I just know that I've got to tell you today um, that we live under an open heaven and, and, you know, that might be stirring up your pure minds by way of remembrance, reminding you that, or if you don't know that, I want you to know today that we live under an open heaven. And uh, it's very important that we, you know, as New Testament Christians, that we understand that. But I don't know what's going on in the heavenly realm, but I know around our church, and I, you know, something's different. God is doing something different. There is a, a change in atmosphere, for want of a better word. And um, I don't always know what the Holy Ghost is up to, but I know he's up to something. And uh, I, don't, I don't want to miss what he is doing never want to miss that and uh, there's people that have sometimes missed miraculous things God has done because their mind has been closed to such possibilities and I don't ever want to be like that and so I want to 
tell you why I believe we live under an open heaven and explain that to you this morning. And uh, so uh, I believe we live under an open heaven because Jesus did. And, uh, and by his death on the cross, he made a way for us to live under an open heaven. Uh, he saw heaven open. I want to read that in a moment. Uh, or maybe I'll read the verses and then just explain some as we go through. But uh, this is Matthew's version, or not quite the whole version, well, pretty much of Jesus' baptism, beginning in verse 13. So we'll read to verse 17. And it reads like this, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptised by him. But Jesus answered and said to him, uh, Jesus answered, Jesus came from Galilee to John to be baptised by him, and uh, John refused. Uh, I'll cut some verses out. I'll start again in verse 15. I'll drop verse 14 out. And he said, I'm not worthy to be, you know, like you should be baptising me. He said, no. We want to fulfil all righteousness, and I want you to do it. So uh, uh, he allowed it. In verse 16, when he had been baptised, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So Jesus, acting in obedience, was baptised. He hadn't sinned, so he really didn't technically need to do it. But he wanted to fulfil all righteousness. He, he put a, uh, a pattern in place for us to follow because we have sinned. And we know the significance of water baptism and what it signals. And, uh, and so he come up out of the water and he, he looked to heaven. And he actually saw the heavens open. He saw into heaven. And he saw, and it says like the shape of a dove. Now it doesn't say anyone else saw that. But in John's gospel it clearly records that John saw that. Because God had told John, this one whom you are preceding, when you see the Spirit of God alight on him and remain on him, he's the one. He is the one. And so John saw what Jesus saw and is a witness to it. But he saw an incredible thing. And I've never seen, I've seen many people receive the Holy Spirit as they got saved, and because they do. Uh, I believe it's different to baptism in the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit comes into us when we are born again. But I've never seen, I've never seen a dove. I've never seen that. It was something amazing. It was something miraculous. But I tell you what, when heaven is opened, that's what we get. It's revelation. It, it's miraculous. It's new. It's different. There's always something wonderful when heaven is opened. I want you to see that this morning. And it was so for Jesus. And he kept living under that open heaven. Uh, it wasn't like, uh, I, mean, I mean, you know, the heaven would have closed again, but it open, was open to him. And he knew he had access to heaven when he needed that. And so uh, just some verses to show you that here. Um, the five loaves and the two fish. And uh, they had a multitude to feed and they had nothing to do it with, just a few little fish. 
and I don't know where they got them from the fish farm because you know what I think about catching fish and uh, so they had five fish and a couple little loaves of just a pittance, just nothing and what did he do? He took what he had and he looked up to heaven. Why did he look up there? It doesn't say heaven opened again but he knew the heavens were open to him. He knew heaven was open to him and he looked up there and he wasn't thinking, well, I've got no clue what to do here. I don't know what you can do. He did know what heaven, provi- what heaven could provide. And he looked up to heaven and he blessed it and then the miracle followed. Amen? Another case really of heaven opening and I want to explain that further to you as we go through today. And uh, in... Uh, uh, John chapter 12 when uh, you know Jesus is praying before he goes to the cross just a couple of verses there in verse 27 he says now my soul is troubled and what shall I say father save me from this hour because you know he, he knew what he faced and it was absolutely horrific what was coming he, he, he knew this was going to be humanly just very 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 difficult and, uh, but he said, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And what happened then? Then a voice came from heaven. Heaven is opened again in a miraculous way and a voice speaks, saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Another instance of Jesus experiencing heaven opening. And uh, I love uh, when you say John 11, what do you think about Lazarus, don't you? John chapter 11. And uh, they took away the stone from the place the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes. He didn't look down. He lifted them up. He was looking to heaven again. He knew he needed a miracle. And that's where they come from. Amen. And so he lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. Heaven's open. I know you hear me. And it's the same for us. I want to explain that as I go along. Because I know you hear me. But because of the people who were standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. But just another uh, occasion where heaven opened and there was a miracle, a voice spoke. And... Uh, and how did, you know, Jesus open heaven for us? Very, very simply explained. And I've just chosen Mark's gospel to read it out of chapter 15, verses 37 and 38. And Jesus hanging on the cross right near the end. And it says, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last If you put all the versions together, we know what he cried out, don't we? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God the Father turned his back on God the Son because he took our sin on him. Amazing. And uh, breathed his last. It wasn't taken from him, he breathed his last. He gave up his spirit, didn't he? Amazing truths you get out of these passages. And verse 38, then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Why do you think it was torn top to bottom? Because man could have got the bottom and ripped it open. But no one could reach the top. Only God could miraculously part the thing from the top down. 
And what was it saying? It was signifying that no more did man have to live under a closed heaven, that there was access right into the throne room in heaven. The veil has been opened, folks. And uh, let me explain it in a little more detail as we go through today. But uh, the veil was torn and we have access this day into the heavenlies. And that's an amazing, amazing, amazing thing, let me tell you. And so let me explain further what I mean when we say we live under an open heaven because I just believe God's been showing me things about, you know, things to come and uh, uh, things about our church and our town. And I'm just, I'm, I'm really believing that we are going to see things that we've never seen before. Um, you know, God's going to do something amazing, I believe, and I don't want our church missing out on it, and I just want to do everything I can to make sure that doesn't happen. But um, two things. Book of Acts. Holy Ghost was poured out, and they spoke in tongues, and uh, it was a great scene, wasn't it? And so who loves speaking in tongues? It's an amazing gift, and and uh, like 90, probably 8% of my prayer would be that way. I just uh, get my mind out of it. I don't know what to pray, but God does, and it's an amazing gift. But Peter got up and spoke on that day of Pentecost, and this is what he said. There was all sorts of things going on. He said, hey, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. I guess that's me. Uh, in those days I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And so folks, I just believe in days ahead when I'm saying we live under an open heaven, I believe we're going to see that sort of stuff. I really do. I don't discount our younger kids seeing things in God, you know. I remember I was really, really, really sick when I was about seven years old. And I had this incredible vision of Jesus in the night, and I have never forgotten it. Well, he makes me cry when I think about it. It just did something to me. And, I, and why can't that happen to our kids out there? Like, you know, seriously, our kids in youth. And why can't our teenagers see visions and things of God that change their lives and change the circumstances around them? I believe that can happen, and I'm prophetically speaking this morning saying, I believe we're going to see that here, amen? And when I say young people, um, I'm not drawing the, the age down too far either, like a lot of you here are going to, I believe, see things, I really do. And, uh, and it's not for us, it's, we're blessed to be a blessing. That's just a principle, that's a scriptural principle from way back in Abraham's time, God said to him, you're blessed to be a blessing. It's not just so, oh, mate, I'm blessed, I'm so blessed. Hang you all. No, no, we are blessed to be a blessing. What God gives us, we share to others of substance and everything like we are blessed to be a blessing. And so I, I just believe in uh, uh, visions and dreams and, and uh, you know, seriously I do and I believe we're going to see that. But probably the, the other and, and really important thing I mean about living under an open heaven is this. I believe living under an open heaven, I've got to read this or I'll, get, I'll lose my track, uh, means that to each genuinely born again believer, 
You know what that means, don't you? There's a lot of, a lot, I hear a lot of Hollywood people say they're Christians and I look at their lives and I don't believe them. I mean when we are genuinely born again by the Spirit of God, when we are sold out to Jesus, when he's number one in our lives very clearly, you know, born again, believers, Christ ones, Christians. That's what a Christian is, a Christ, someone who belongs to Christ. In whom the Spirit of God dwells, the resources of heaven are available to you each day by faith. Because heaven is open. It's like, it mightn't be part of that you're seeing in it right with a miracle today, but it's, it can be opened. And I want to explain the way that you open it in a moment too. But... The resources of heaven are available to you each day by faith. And I would have to mention Arden Burrell's name when I say that because that's what Arden always preached and I reckon he's absolutely correct. And he's a beautiful old man, hasn't been too well of recent times, but he's still kicking on. And uh, he writes some uh, great blogs and things on Twitter and Facebook. He's uh, an amazing old fella. But uh, to me personally, these following verses are just very, very foundational in Romans chapter 5, 1 and 2. And Paul writes, after all the justification by faith things he goes through in chapter 5, he says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that's our position. Seated in heavenly places with him spiritually, that, that's... That's positionally where we are today, justified by faith, not, not by our works. We could never have done that. We are justified by faith in the work of Christ, by Christ, and faith in him. And uh, uh, verse 2 goes on to say, through whom, through whom also, through faith in Christ, through Jesus uh, and faith in him, through uh, him also, uh, we have access by faith into the grace in which we Stand. I love that. I love, you know, I suppose that's my lot in life. You ever heard anyone say that? I've heard people say that. Yeah, yeah, well, this is my lot. Well, folks, that's my lot in life. I stand in grace each day under an open heaven. Amen? Each day. That's, that's, you know, I can't ever complain about my lot in life. If you belong to Christ today, that's your lot in life too. I want you to understand that. And when we can't see what's going on, well, it doesn't matter. God knows. we just got to have faith and trust him. And his resources are available to us by faith each day. I love that. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. It's just they're very foundational verses to me. Who's ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth? And I haven't had a word of knowledge here today, but I bet you he got a hard time at school. I mean, with a surname like that, it'd be horrific, wouldn't you? What do you reckon his nickname was? No wonder, yeah, worm probably, but anyway, I don't know. feel sorry for him. But uh, uh, he was a great preacher back in the turn, around the turn of the century, last turn of the century. But he once said, there will be things you need that earth will never be able to provide you. You will have to reach out by faith and draw them from heaven. And that's exactly right. Where does provision come from? We sow. We've got to be obedient to our part. We sow and then we draw it from heaven. Amen. That's where, where do healing miracles come from? We draw them from heaven. Where do 
relationships get fixed, where do uh, all sorts of things get repaired, we draw it from heaven by faith. Amen. That's where we get it from. Heaven is open to us. And uh, you just got to know that uh, there's a big storehouse in heaven. Amen. What did Paul say in Philippians? God shall provide meet all your needs. You know, not, not by earthly means, but by riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Like it's a big bank, folks. It's endless. <laughs> Seriously, it's endless. Amazing what God can provide for us. Who understands what I'm talking about this morning? There's just riches there. And I remember as a young fella, you, I, I, you know, maybe I was just, not as good as you people, I don't know, but I, I would worry about things. And I remember when I married my wife and loved her, and when I think back now, only a couple of kids, and I get sort of shocked and horrified about how young she was anyway, and I wasn't much more. <laughs> thinking, oh, God, how could I ever get a house, and how could I ever? And, but I started to learn to trust him. I had to. Just things happened that I had to trust him. And... Uh, I remember when we first went into business, I thought, mate, this is awesome. I'd just be working away, Jenny, and I remember doing this uh, pump line from Stanley all the way into Beechworth from the Silver Creek Caravan Park, and, and there was so many dollars a metre, and I was digging away all day, and then I was adding it up as I went, and I thought, mate, oh, mate, this is awesome, you know, <laughs> this is great. Money, I've never had such money send out an account and the end of the month comes and didn't get paid and what do I do now nothing I send out got paid and I think wow need an overdraft and then you think whoa and remember saying to Pam I think we're done but you just got to reach into heaven I think I think there's no reason they were all good men who never after that ceased to pay me I think sometimes God tests us and I want to talk about that next week but uh, folks we got to get into heaven and we've got to draw it out. And I remember it was only one of two times I've ever been to talk to a local pastor that I had. And uh, I'm not saying that I'm good and I don't need that. I just sort of got a stubborn thing that I think I can get there myself and God, you know. But I was just perplexed. So what am I going to do? And he just said, Daryl, there's only one way to do it. Get on your knees and draw it out of heaven, you know. And I thought, oh, thank you. I thought you're going to give me some better idea that maybe, you know. <laughs> But it was a great idea, amen? I had to learn that. And we can draw resources we need from heaven. And, uh, and you know how you do it? By prayer. So when you read the Bible, it's good to read all of it. Uh, and when I say all of it, you know, you read, read Matthew's Gospel, read Mark's, read Luke's, read John's. And... Uh, you get a lot of silly people who say they don't agree with each other. They do. They absolutely do. There's no problems anywhere. It's just four different men saying four different things, four different personalities. You know, if the, uh, if the roof fell in today, you might have said, uh, if you reported on, I thought it was going to hit me. I'd probably be more worried about me message on me iPad. I thought it was going to hit me iPad. Are we disagreeing? No, we just saw it differently, you know. And so when you read uh, Luke's version, uh, it's shorter, and uh, it says this, when all the people, Luke, it's Luke 3.21, if you're looking for a verse, when all the people were baptised, 
it came to pass that Jesus also was baptised. And what does Matthew and what does John say? Come up immediately out of the water and etc, etc. And heaven was open to him. But there's a little bit Luke puts in and it's really, really important. We know that he came up out of the water and Luke writes, and while he prayed, heaven was opened. See, prayer is just an incredible key that we have been given. Never, ever, ever underestimate prayer. And sometimes we say, well, all we can do is pray. We've got nothing else. You haven't got nothing else. You've got the most hugest, powerfulest key there is. You can pray. You can go right into the throne room in heaven in prayer. And God hears your prayers. Amen? I guarantee you might answer them all the time like you want. Sometimes he knows better what we need. But I tell you what, it's a really, really powerful thing. While he prayed. Now, I don't know what he prayed. Maybe he just prayed, Father, I want to see your glory. Because he did. And he saw the Spirit coming and all, the, you know, that's, that's in Luke 2. But in this part 2, I haven't read it this morning. But heaven was open while he prayed. And that's just, you know, if you don't pray, you'll never see things some people see. And, and, and I don't know that, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, how do you put it? Uh, is there such a thing as being a natural prayer? I don't know. It's hard work sometimes, isn't it? I think it's harder work for some people than others. And I don't know that I was a natural prayer. I, until I got baptised in the Holy Spirit, I can pray all day now, but I, I wasn't so good at it except when I got into trouble and then I could pray and everyone's a bit like that, aren't we? You know, whoa, God, help me. And I don't know how much praying Peter did, but when he was sinking in the water, he certainly prayed very quickly, you know. And so you've got to develop the prayer. If I may say, baptism in the Holy Spirit will totally change and revolutionise your prayer life. I, I can guarantee you that it will. And... Uh, and I've asked different visiting ministries that we get. Uh, uh, I was talking to Cool. I was driving in a car with Cool a couple of years ago when he was here. And I took him over to Kyabram on the Saturday night. He, he had a preaching engagement there and he was with us on Sunday. And, uh, and I said, uh, and he asked me, he said, how often do you pray in tongues? How much? And I thought, oh, you probably think I'm weird. I said, oh, 90 plus percent. I don't know, lots and lots. Oh. I was wondering about me, I'm the same, he said. Yeah, you know, like it's just a great way to pray. But pray in English too, but you, you, you need to do it. You need to discipline yourself to do it, however you do it. You, you know, like you've got to ask. And uh, James, you know, said, you know, there's things you don't get and you don't ask. You don't pray, in other words. No wonder you don't get, you know. And, uh, and then you ask for the wrong things when you do pray, but... Um, we got, we got to be prayers, folks. But I, I'm, I just know that um, uh, in days ahead, some of you who are disciplined and pray, you're going to see amazing things. I, I just think it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's just uh, God's doing something on the earth. And I just believe you, some of you are going to see amazing things. Even before you receive them in prayer, I think some of you are going to see them. And it's going to encourage you no end to pray the right way for what you know, and you you, you, you know what's coming. You're going to know what's coming. Jesus didn't sort of get what on earth's that coming on me like he saw, 
spirit like a dove. He, well, no, he, he, he saw. And I think some of you are praying for things and I believe you're going to see in that spirit realm, you're going to see into heaven. Think, oh God, is that what you're going to do? And it's going to revolutionise the way you pray. I just really feel to tell you that this morning. And uh, praise God. Um, to totally believe that. Uh, prayer life is going to change, etc., etc. And um, and uh, and I guess I'm going off track here by um, by saying this this morning. But uh, you know, John said, "I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove onto Jesus, and it remained on Him." And when we are saved and the Holy Spirit, blessed Holy Spirit comes in. He doesn't come down because Jesus breathed him out into the world. He's here. But he comes into us and he stays with us. He remains with us. Amen. He didn't land and take off. He remained. He stayed with Jesus. And he remains in us. Amen. I, I, I still get amazed that God... Like the spirit, the presence of God that zapped people in the Old Testament. Like, remember the man touched the cart the wrong way. Went where, where the, you know, when the ark was being carried the wrong way, it was going. To, all he was doing is trying to help. But you couldn't touch the presence of God. Sinful man couldn't do that. That's how clean we've been cleaned up by the blood of Jesus. It's an amazing thing that the spirit of God lives in us, and. Uh, I love John chapter uh, 1 John chapter 4, I think it's verse 10, and it says, This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a sacrifice for our sin. I think, how amazing is that? It's not amazing that, whoa, Daryl loves God. Did you know what an amazing thing? It's the other way around that God loved Daryl. Amen. <laughs> And gave his son so I could be clean and holy and stand in his presence, amen? And pray and go into the throne room. Heaven was open to me. It's an amazing thing. So number four, I've got, I don't know what points I've been doing. I've got number four here. I probably haven't had, given you any points previously. So if you go home today in a cloud of confusion, I apologise deeply. But from a, an overaged Carlton fan, that's probably what you should expect. But I'm prophesying in the days ahead that we're going to have some amazing communion services. Not that we don't. I loved what you... That, like, that was just an amazing message this morning. Just amazing, Shu. I love the way you teach and the way you do that. And, and, uh, but don't ever, ever, ever come to communion. Don't, don't ever come to it and say, oh, this is just an ordinary Sunday. We haven't got visiting ministry. God can speak to you. And, and from an open heaven, God can open your eyes. And sometimes when God opens our eyes to see, see things, we're never the same again. You know, I've seen things in Scripture and it's just changed the way I do life because God opened my eyes to something that I'd read a hundred times but hadn't seen. And so just let me, let, there's a few verses here, but let, just let me read them. They're beautiful. This is on the Emmaus Road after Jesus was crucified and, and uh, this, is, this is on his resurrection day. He's risen from the dead and two of the disciples are walking. They drew near to a bit in Luke chapter 24, starting verse 28, if you want the uh, note down the scripture. Then they drew near to the village where they were going and he indicated that he would have gone further. And so I, I don't say always that God's going to pass you by or he's going to go further. 
But that's another where that's prayer. That's where prayer comes in. It's like when we pray, we get His attention. Not that He doesn't know about us already, but there's just a principle there. And uh, He would have gone on. They said, "No, we want you to come and stay with us. We want." Sometimes we need to pray, Lord. I just want you to come into my scene. I'm just asking you to come in. I'm giving up my control. I want you to come in. Prayer is so very important. But uh, they, he indicated he would have gone further, but they constrained him. They insisted, saying, come on, you've got to stay with us, abide with us, because it's, uh, it's, it's evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with, him, with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat with the table with them, and see, they'd been explaining on the road that we were followers of Jesus and he's been killed, he was crucified on the cross and... We thought he was going to set us free with Romans rule and we thought he's going to be the Messiah and he's dead. And they're telling him this and he's walking on the road. It's amazing what you don't see when you're closed. And you're like they didn't get the resurrection. This couldn't be him. They couldn't even see it was him. But it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread, he blessed and broke it. See, the bread reminds us of his body broken for us. And it's like on, on the cross that his body broken. It was like the word was broken up. And when mixed with the spirit that was given, we're able to gain things out of his word that we never were before. And so he, he, he blessed and broken and gave it to them. And what happened? Their eyes were opened and they knew him. It's Jesus. He's gone. Disappears quicker than my little granddaughter last Sunday night, Bethy. Yeah, he's gone again. And uh, amazing, wasn't it? When he broke bread, their eyes were open. And they went running back to, uh, they, they went back to Jerusalem, found the 11. If you read through the scripture in verse 35 says, and they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. I'm believing days will come when people will get healed here without us even having a prayer thing. You get healed in communion. I know we've seen this before, people getting baptised in the Holy Spirit during the worship, but I believe we're going to see days when that's going to be far more widespread. And people are going to, instead of asking about it, will say, what's this I've got? I love it when it comes that way. I'm speaking in this funny language. Can you tell me what's happened to me? Yes, I think I can. <laughs> Amazing. So I believe we're going to see that. And uh, like God's, what God's done once, I believe he can do again. I believe we're going to see Book of Acts stuff. Um, you know, in chapter 10 of the Book of Acts, uh, Peter's in prayer on the rooftop. And Cornelius has already sent a a team of people to bring him back to his house. God told him to do that. And in verse 11, Peter was hungry, it says, and he fell into a trance. He was just, I reckon he was looking at heaven. And he saw heaven opened. And an object like a great sheet got let down. You remember it had all the, the stuff that was unclean. And, and, and God said to him, eat, Peter. He said, no, no, it's unclean. He said, don't you ever call unclean what I call clean. We're here today as Gentile Christians. It all come from a man seeing heaven opened. Amen? Always revelation and miraculous stuff. Another was Stephen, just a deacon. Don't you ever tell me you're just something. 
If you're a born-again believer, you're something. Amen? You're a son and daughter of the king. Praise God. But Peter, uh, Peter, Stephen didn't have a complex that I'm just a deacon. He went around doing miracles and powerful things. You know? <laughs> like we can all do that. Don't let what you're not called stop you doing what God's called you to do. Does that make sense? Like you mightn't be the youth leader, but you can still get young kids saved. You can still pray for them. You, can, like, you know what I mean? Like... Well, just because I'm not the this, I can't tell. You can do anything you like. There's no boundaries on what God, you know. No one here can't pray for their neighbour to get healed. We can all do that stuff. There's no... And so I love it that Stephen didn't say, well, I'm just a deacon. Um, if you want some miracles, you better go and get Paul. Or uh, well, Paul wasn't on the road then, was he? That was a bad thing to say. Go and get Peter or John or James or someone, but not me. No, he had miracles and the religious people didn't like it. And I tell you what, when you start looking into heaven and you start seeing things and getting amazing things that not everyone will be happy about. Young upstart, what's the vision? I've never seen that. I don't believe you. Not everyone will be deliriously happy at what you get at times. And that's, that maybe I can talk about that next week. But uh, Peter saw heaven open. So did Stephen. He gazed up into heaven. And he was in a hard place. It says they gnashed their teeth at him. I don't know what that entirely is. I don't think I've got enough teeth left to gnash. But um, uh, but I think that's what they're doing today with all that's going on. The yes boat people are just gnashing their teeth like it's pretty evil stuff. And and so he looked up and saw heaven open, and uh, gazed up and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God said look I see the heavens open and they didn't say praise God brother that is so incredible they killed him but man he died under an open heaven and we know where he went don't we praise God Paul I believe saw Jesus it's just uh, and and so I believe we're going to see all that sort of stuff I really do and uh, uh, I might sort of continue preaching about this but sort of diversifying off a, a little bit next week because of some things that we probably need to know as well as what I've told you today. But does that make sense to you today? We're living under an open heaven. And uh, I think the devil gets on top when we start thinking heaven's closed. But you've got to believe it is not closed to you. Sometimes in our humanity, sometimes in our humanness, we can get to think that heaven is closed hey I'm disappointed I bought this all the way out and I haven't tried it yeah it's a lot better out of a Carlton cup than a Collingwood one or anything else yeah praise God but folks I'm telling you today I don't know today what your needs are why don't you close your eyes why don't you close your eyes I don't think I'll have an older call today I just want to pray for you because I know God's been speaking to me about this too, and it's, it's not that older call is not a good thing, but but I, I just, who today just wants to touch God afresh? Just think, God, I've seen things, but I want more. I just want something greater. I, I, I want to I wanna go somewhere greater than where I've been. I want to see more powerful things. So many of you got hands up. I want to pray for you today. Is there folks today that need healing, physical healing, and, and uh, yeah, 
And is there people today that need relationships restored and, and, and healed and mended? Yeah, lots, lots and lots. And, and so, folks, you gotta, it's, it's going to come out of heaven. It's not, there's no earthly counsellor that's going to put it together. There's no, you know, who today here needs breakthrough in finance? Seriously, it's one Pam and I struggled with for so long until we started seeing the grace of God in different ways on our life. And, but it was a hard one for me to break through. And, uh, uh, but I know that if we sow, we've got to sow. We've got to do our bit. We got, you know, I, I don't grow wheat, Jenny, but I know if you don't sow anything, you, it's a waste of time starting the header up. I know that from being a dairy farmer and growing oats to bale. If you don't sow, you do not reap. It's just like that. If you don't feed your cows, you won't get no milk either. Like it's, uh, you know what I mean? The supply will dry up. Uh, we've got to do our part, but if we will sow, uh, you know, we can reap out of the resources of heaven and see miracles, and I've seen that, seen that over and over and over and over again. I just want to pray for each of you that have responded. Was there, was that, did I ask for a response on that, breakthrough financially? Yeah, yeah, see, I see that too. I just want to pray for each of you today. And, 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 and don't get preconceived ideas of what that breakthrough could be. Oh, God, you're going to... Someone's going to give me $100,000. Are you going to do No. He might give you an idea to make something and sell it. He might, you know, like there's just don't, don't ever lock God into Just say, Lord, I need. You've got. I receive. We've got to learn to be receivers. And so many of us struggle with that. We can ask. We can believe. We know God can, but it's difficult for us to receive it in and get it in. So, Lord, I pray for everyone here today. So many have raised hands. Lord, for some that just want that fresh touch, that greater vision, that, that uh, greater vision of your glory, that, Lord, want to see an open heaven and just want to see amazing things. They want to go and grow beyond where they are. I pray that, Lord, from what we've preached today, that that will begin to happen in their lives today. Lord, I pray, I speak that it will change in every one of them from today on. For those that need your healing touch in their body today. Lord, especially those that have prayed for ages themselves and many have prayed in faith. And Lord, it's not lack of that. It just hasn't happened yet. I pray, Lord, that you will show them into your very heavens, Father. And out of what they see, there will just come renewed faith and purpose and believing and that they will be totally healed in the name of Jesus. Lord, I speak that over everyone that raised a hand today in Jesus' name. Those that need relationship breakthroughs today. Oh God, we, we reach into the heavens to the great counsellor. You're, you're wonderful, wonderful, wonderful counsellor, mighty God. You're the best counsellor there is, Father. You're the best counsellor. You're the best putter together of relationships that there is. Lord, we reach by faith into heaven today and we just draw renewed relationships out of heaven today. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven today and everyone that raised a hand for that I pray 
And Lord, for those that need that breakthrough in finance, Lord, I pray you would give them grace and confidence to sow even when that's difficult. Because Lord, it sometimes is, but we need to give you some seed. And Lord, when we do that, I just pray that everyone that sows will reap abundantly, Lord, from heaven, from your resources. Lord, give them ideas. Give them blessing. Give them increase in work. Give them whatever is needed. Lord, I just pray that you would miraculously provide in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. I remember a farmer who lost the drawbar of his tractor. And he was in a very difficult financial spot. He was, he'd bought a new farm. He was, he'd borrowed a lot of money and he was so tightly borrowed and he got this new drawbar for his tractor. It was worth a lot of money. And he didn't put the pins in the end and he drove down the road to get an implement for his neighbours and it went. And he drove back and forward up and down the road and he couldn't find it. He came home in tears and said to his wife, I've lost the new drawbar of the tractor. And she said, everything's gone wrong. Oh, and they said they prayed. At least they prayed. God, help us find it. So he was driving to Ichuka the day after in the middle of the road. There was a drawbar, exactly the same one. Couldn't have been the same one. It couldn't have bounced 20 miles. It was a different one. I thought, I can't believe it. Stopped the car and he ran back threw it in the boot <laughs> see can't rule anything out with God but he mightn't supply your drawbar that way you know like you know what I mean like God's different how he does it does that make sense today yeah you've been listening to Life Church podcasts for more information head to lifechurchbanella.com.au